Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. Colonial New York City's first founding settlers landed in 1624. A year later, the colony became the capital of New Netherlands, a New World province founded by Dutch settlers and entrepreneurs. Before Europeans came to the place now known as New York City, it had been the home of Native Americans of the Algonquian language group. Literally hundreds of these self-governing bands lived along the East Coast from North Carolina to Canada. At least 18 of them lived in the New York City area. Although these local groups were not as technologically advanced as the Maya, Inca, or Aztecs, who lived farther south in the Western Hemisphere, they lived in organized agricultural societies with paths that connected the various nearby Native American villages. In 1524, Giovanni de Verrazzano, an Italian in the employ of France, became the first European known to have sailed up the Narrows into the Lower Bay. In 1609, the English navigator Henry Hudson arrived in New York Harbor aboard his 74-foot ship, the Half Moon. Hudson was hired by the Dutch East India Company to search for a water route through North America to Asia. He discovered that the vast area between French Canada and British Virginia was unfortified and unclaimed by Europeans, and that the Native Americans who lived at the mouth of the Hudson River would happily trade furs for European goods. Hudson was excited by the commercial prospects of Manhattan Island, which was in the midst of a vast harbor that was ice-free in all seasons. Dutch merchants promptly dispatched other expeditions to the vicinity. The company established the first permanent European settlement in what is now New York City in 1624. According to legend, a year later, Dutch colonial governor Peter Minry purchased Manhattan from the Canarsie tribe for a small amount of trinkets and goods. The settlement of Fort Amsterdam, or the city of New Amsterdam, as it was soon called, operated as part of the colony administered by the Dutch West India Company. The new Dutch colony was moderately successful and attracted settlers and merchants from a variety of nations. At least 18 different languages were being spoken in the city as early as 1650. Germans, Swiss, Moravians, French, English, and Portuguese joined the Dutch, and New Amsterdam quickly became a cosmopolitan center. In 1647, Peter Stuyvesant became governor. The West India Company originally combined the administration of the city of New Amsterdam with that of the entire Dutch colony, which extended up the Hudson River into upstate New York. However, pressure from the city's citizens led to the granting of a municipal government in 1653. Despite the change, the governor governed autocratically and maintained tight control over the city and appointed all the important officials. During his rule, however, New Amsterdam saw many basic improvements in city life. Cobblestone streets replaced dirt roads. The city introduced fire protection and police patrols, and the first hospital opened. The city built a protective wall where Wall Street now runs, 
and settlers began moving into outlying areas that eventually became part of New York City. The Dutch period ended in 1664 when a European conflict between the Dutch and English spread to the American colonies. A fleet of four English warships and 500 professional soldiers arrived in the harbor on August 18. The governor wanted to fight, and he prepared Fort Amsterdam for battle. But the citizens, resentful of the governor's autocratic rule and faced with the powerful naval guns of the English, decided to surrender. The English renamed the community New York in honor of James, Duke of York, the future King James II of England. The city then gave its name to the entire colony. Trade and commerce provided the chief basis of the city's prosperity. Ships of the city's merchants plied the coastal waters of North America and carried merchandise to the West Indies and Europe. By the mid-18th century, trade between New York City and the neighboring colonies of Connecticut and New Jersey was extensive. The local economy received a boost during the long struggle for empire between Britain and France that began in the late 17th century. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The British government bought provisions from local suppliers and licensed private ship owners to attack enemy vessels at sea. City merchants also engaged in a profitable illegal trade with non-British colonies in the Americas, despite British restrictions on such activities. The business of slavery was also part of the local economy. With a large slave population working the docks, slave insurrections occurred and in 1712, New York officials executed black slaves and Native Americans for planning a rebellion. In 1741, four whites were executed and seven exiled from the colony for taking part with slaves in a plot. Thirty-one slaves were executed and some burned at the stake. Colonial American opposition to British policy became increasingly vocal by the mid-1760s. An economic depression followed the end of the French and Indian War in 1763 and coincided with the British Parliament's decision to tighten control over economic activities in the colonies. Parliament imposed a number of import taxes and fees in the colonies, threatening profits to which New York's merchant class had become accustomed. In New York City, as elsewhere in the colonies, a secret organization known as the Sons of Liberty sprang up to oppose these laws. New York City Hall was the site of the Stamp Act Congress, 
at which delegates from nine colonies protested British policy. Though opinion was divided in New York City on the question of resisting imperial control, the patriotic element had the upper hand by May 1775, a month after the American Revolution broke out. In April 1776, after colonial forces drove the British out of Boston, General George Washington moved his headquarters to New York City and began building defenses. Between August and November, the Continental Army, formed by the rebelling colonists, lost a series of engagements with the British, including the Battle of Long Island. Washington then retreated to Manhattan Island, fighting delaying actions at Harlem Heights near the present-day campus of Columbia University. Futile peace negotiations were held between the British and American representatives in September at Staten Island's historic Conference House. In November, troops under British command stormed Fort Washington and Fort Tryon in Upper Manhattan and killed or captured more than 2,000 American soldiers. As General Washington left Manhattan Island and retreated dejectedly across New Jersey, the British took full control of New York City. The city remained the center for British Army operations in North America for the remainder of the war. Almost immediately after the British occupation, a disastrous fire raged through the city and destroyed much of its older section. In 1778, a second fire burned down more of the city. During the remainder of the war, thousands of Americans loyal to Britain took refuge in New York until the last British troops left the city in 1783 when the war ended. George Washington gave his emotional farewell speech to his officers at Francis Tavern on Pearl Street in December 1783. Following the Revolutionary War, New York City was made the capital of the state of New York until 1797. The capital of the United States from 1785 to 1790 and host to the first Congress of the United States in 1789. In April of that year, George Washington was sworn in as President of the Nation on the steps of New York's Federal Hall. During its early years, New York was outdistanced in population by Boston until 1750 and Philadelphia until 1810. Following the American Revolution, under the vision of its leading resident, Alexander Hamilton, New York swept past its rivals in size and economic importance. By 1789, it was the leading city in the coastal trade. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying images. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art 
inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.